afternoon, everyone. This is Jesusa Bautista of SA Project Reach. We are an organization that is committed to working with diverse individuals and organizations within the San Antonio area in providing drug and alcohol awareness to our youth, communities, and schools. I just want to say good afternoon. I hope everybody's doing well during this pandemic. Uh, today's topic that we are discussing are community needs. I don't know if we ever think about what our community needs, what our youth in our community needs. Um, I hadn't been on here for the last two weeks. Um, I myself just got back to work. I was in a small car accident with me, with my son. He was in the back seat. Car got damaged, but you know it got fixed. And unfortunately, uh, fortunately, my son and I were doing fine, just a little sore. Uh, but we're back. Um, I'm back at work and I'm back uh, getting to the grind and, and getting prepared for the new year for my son, which is going to run along the topic that we are discussing, which is community needs. As you know, the big thing in the news right now um, that is coinciding with COVID is school. Sending our kids back to school, we have to uh, President Trump apparently has said, you know, no funding of school, you know, if schools don't open, they need to open. I get it. Um, you're right. We, we have to get back to the norm in some way. You know, our kids do need interactions. But are we actually thinking about what our kids' needs are as well? They are part of this community. They may be young. They may be 8, 9, 12, 15, 16. But do we realize what our, what their needs are? Are we meeting their needs? Every child is different. Um, the district that he works in, that goes to school in, excuse me, he, uh, they sent surveys like, hey, these are the different options we're going to have available. We're trying to get a survey to see which is going to work. So now there's two options. He's either going to go, he's either going to have to choose, you know, online full time or in person full time. And uh, I don't know if you remember the last episode, we kind of touched on that. And he, he talked about what he felt. And um, I asked him again, I said, you know, son, I said, Mijo, I said, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to school or do you want to do online? I said, well, the first weeks are online regardless. Um, a lot of schools are doing that to, to try to phase everybody in and make sure everybody's safe. But I asked him, I said, what do you want to do? After the two weeks, I said, because we have to make a decision. I have to put in what's going to happen. And he's like, well, I kind of want to go to school. He's like, but then I don't. I said, okay, explain. He's like, well, mama, he's like, it, it's scary. I, I can go to school and I don't know if my friends have it or a teacher has it. Because they, they don't have to necessarily show symptoms and they get it. And I can bring it home to you. This is an eight-year-old, mind you. An eight-year-old that sees these things on. I don't put the news on, but he goes and he finds it or he'll see it on TikTok, you know, wherever the social media is, and he sees it. And I told him that whatever you want to do, that's fine. I said, my boss, I'm fortunate I have a boss that has allowed me to bring my son with me to work so he can be safe. Uh... And he's already told me, like, yeah, he want, you want him to do online. He's like, I think it's better for him to do online anyways because these kids are going to get sick. And, and the government, you know, they're not thinking straight. 
And there's a portion of what my boss has said. I, I am 100% on board with what he says because uh, we're not thinking about that. We're not thinking about how the kids feel. We're not looking through the perspective of our children. Kids need interaction. They need to be around people. But how much interaction are they really truly going to have when they are in school? What are they going to be allowed to do? And think about it. How much stress are we going to put on our children while they're in school, especially elementary kids? You know, having to worry about wearing a mask all day, having to worry to make sure you sanitize, having to things that are basic, but washing hands and yes, but think about it. They're going to have to worry about that every day that they're sitting at their desk, wondering if they clean my desk right. You know, you know, if they sneeze, or is the kid going to take off their, their mask? Are they wearing their mask right? I mean, we are, we're asking so much of these kids. Now, junior high and high school, they're able to, to, to roll with the punches a little bit better. But still, it's still stressful because they have to remember, okay, now part of my regimen is I got to take a mask to school because maybe that some schools in the United States are going to require that. Like here, masks are going to be required the first couple of weeks of school or until, you know, it's kind of died down and and see what the health organizations say and go from there. This is hard. This is a lot to put on our children. You know, what does our community need to do to help our children understand and work with them so they don't get so stressed out and our older kids turn to using drugs or drinking as a way to to cope you know we have to actually stay vigilant um, especially now we have to be vigilant about what our kids are doing during this pandemic because some kids don't know how to cope you know they're, they're, they're seeing a lot that home isolation because of this pandemic you know, it's causing people to suffer from anxiety and panic attacks, you know, and some of them may turn to start smoking or they may go in, in mom and dad's, you know, medicine cabinet and take something that they have and to make them feel better, to make them feel relaxed. Is that what we really want to do to our children? So we have to stay vigilant. We have to um, talk to our children, you know. Like I said the last time, you can help your teen, you know, be safe and and hopefully be drug free, you know, hopefully by, you know, setting expectations and boundaries when you're when you're home. You know, if you have unwanted prescriptions, take them to the nearest um, disposal center in your area and dispose of them correctly or look online. There's ways that you can dispose of them also. Uh, supervise, you know, um, although it's challenging because sometimes you have to physically be present. Um, but when you can't, you know, call, do a check-in or if you have an aunt, an uncle, cousin that lives close by, hey, can you go check on my son, especially for single parents? Like I am, I'm a single parent. I have my son. And what am I going to do when he gets older? You know, like, I have to know that he's okay. Even when he goes to his cousin's house, I have to check in with him to make sure he's fine. 
I want to know he's okay. And we have to do that with our kids, especially single parents. We need to find a way to check in, talk to our children, sit them at the dinner table once a week and check in with them. Find out how they're doing and if if they need anything. What's going on with them? I, I think there have been some pros and cons with this pandemic. You know, some of the good things are families more together you know they're sitting at the table they're talking to their you know to one another you know they're doing things together uh, versus how it was you know you have Tommy Jan Tommy Pam or Jan probably sitting in the room you know on their phone and nobody's ever thinking about what they're doing mom doesn't go in and talk sometimes I drive my son crazy when I ask him questions he's like stop asking questions no I want to know how you're doing Monitor what your kids are doing all the time. Try to monitor what they're doing. You know, monitor what they're looking at. Like my son's phone, I hate it. I had to break down and get him a phone so when he's with his dad, he can call me if he wants. But it it drives me nuts because our phones are connected. So everything that he gets, I get on my phone. But it's because I'm monitoring it. It drives me insane because I get notifications out the wazoo. But I'm monitoring what my son is doing and watching know and and who he's talking to because everything comes through my phone as well which he really doesn't talk to anybody because he only he's only allowed certain numbers on his phone and if he wants a number he has to come and ask me because those are the boundaries that I set and I'm you know we got to stay involved with our kids as much as we can especially now We, we need to we need to be able to provide ways that our children can cope with what's going on you know, in, in our in the community that you live in. You know, whether it's food banks going on, uh, distributing out things. You know, uh, for instance, here in San Antonio, we have the West uh, Westside Chamber of Commerce that has been, you know, helping and providing PPEs and gloves to small local businesses because small local businesses have been impacted so much versus your big box. So what are we needing? What does our community need in order to stay afloat? We have to look at that. We have to see, you know, what is going on. Because, um, you know, the minds of our kids and the health of our kids matter. Like I said, yes, kids need to be in school. They have to interact. But how much interaction are they really, really going to do? How much? Now, if you find your teen is suffering from, you know, some type of addiction or drinking a lot, what can you do? What's out there in your community that can help your children get over that obstacle? What are the, what are the facilities that you can go to in your community? Sometimes, you know, we don't have, people don't have the money to, to deal with issues like that. So where can we go? Um, I know here in San Antonio, um, community, the Center for Healthcare, the Center for Healthcare Communities, I believe that's what it's called. <laughs> uh, they just started a new, um, a new service during this pandemic. And basically what they do, it's, it's a crisis line that you can call and it's like getting anonymous counseling. If you have to be referred out because you have to, it has to take longer and you need more than what they can give you at that point, they refer you to some of their mental health staff that they have um, within their facility. 
because people don't want to necessarily go to a counselor because there's a big stigma you know especially with kids uh some of the things that we have a program that we have is called young man young minds young minds matter it's a program of the health collaborative collaborative that recognizes the importance of empowering and collaborating with our youth um to you know to help improve the mental health system so that way they they put their input you know that can help change the stigma that that people say about counseling oh you're going to counseling you must be crazy oh you're going to counseling you're just weak you know so we got to change that stigma and this is what this program does um you know, within Bear County, uh, they do offer mental health support through different social services, uh, social service agencies, school, counseling centers, health systems, nonprofit organizations. So there's a variety of things. And some of those programs are Community Health Bridge, Mental Health Consortium, Pathways of Hope, Bear County, C A R E S. Alamo Area Teen Suicide Prevention Coalition. So there's a bunch of little things in at least the San Antonio Bear County area um, that are available to help give our youth a chance to seek help and get help and talk about how they're feeling and not be afraid um, to, to come forward. You know, so we gotta look, like we gotta make sure what we have in our community, we gotta make sure what what needs we are doing in our community to help. But as I was saying, you know, we, we got to we got to get into the to the thing. Another another great place that I want to tell you about um, here in San Antonio is the AAMA. Um, this is the place where they believe in empowering minded, inspiring leaders. Um, I had the pleasure a few months ago before I before the pandemic and I was able to go out and speak to to businesses and individuals who want who would want to collaborate with us to provide, you know, the alcohol and you know drug awareness to our youth and families and make sure our community is safe. You know, granted, we know that we're not going to 100% stop, but we can do enough to make our kids safe. And uh, the lady that I, I met was a director um, named Asante Flores. Um, like I said, she's the director for the Selena Center for Youth Potential in San Antonio. This particular um, center is a residential and outpatient substance abuse uh, treatment center facility. Um, it does offer a 16-bed facility, which is located in a beautiful Victorian home in the San Antonio area, which you know provides and it gives the the youth, the young ladies that are there you know, a sense of family and safety. Now, when they're there in this program, you know, the program is just not about, hey, we're going to get you off drugs and that's it. No, the uh, Salina Center is there to um, show these girls how to live a drug-free life. And they do this by having them attend group, individual, and family sessions. Because they need to be able to learn how to talk to each other family you need to you need to see why why is this individual turning to drugs or alcohol to make themselves feel better what is going on and, and it doesn't mean that it's 
the parents or whatever, but what's going on in the home that, that's a stressor? There's always a stressor, an underlying stressor, and we may not know what it is, or they may not really understand what that stressor is. It's just, think about it. It's just like when you have somebody come in and they're all upset and they're pissed off, and you ask them, God, you know, what's going on? Why are you so mad? I don't know. I'm just mad. Okay, so how can you say you're mad if you don't know? Let's, let's go back and let's look at things. What happened today? And then when they start talking about it and start breaking it down, they realize, oh, this is why I was so pissed off today. This is what upset me. This is what's upsetting me all the time. They found out what that underlying stressor or trigger is for making them have this feeling. And that's why it's important to have a group with with the same individuals because they can relate to one another. Because you have somebody who's been you know, who's never had an addiction problem and you have somebody that has an addiction problem and you try talking to them, how are you gonna relate? How are you gonna be genuine? It's gonna be kind of hard. And people know when you're genuine. They know when you're being real, when you're being honest. But if you have a group together, it helps build a stronger bond and a little bit more trusting relationships. And they're not afraid to talk about it without being judged. And then you have your individual, and like I said, family. Now, you know, while they're there, you know, during their treatment stay, they are also given or taught life, social, and coping skills to help them have a successful drug-free life. You know, you want to teach them like, hey, you don't have to smoke or drink in order to feel okay or, you know, to, to calm your anxieties down. Because what's going on doesn't have to do with you. It's, it's happening because of this, this issue. You have control of this. Um, now, the Selena Center is a program, like I said, it's this, the center itself, it's, you know, geared you know, towards young females between the ages of 13 to 17, who do have, who does, who is currently, ha- you know, under a, or has a substance, you know, abuse disorder. Now, while they're there, it's just not the treatment, they're just not doing treatment and, and going, you know, with the ball and, and stuff. Um, while they're there, they are, you know, mandated to attend the Southwest Preparatory School. That way they can be, you know, they can continue their education and also become successful and, and do something um, with themselves. So it's just not, it's not a program that they're just going to and having to go to classes, of, you know, group classes and stuff. No, they actually have to go to school. They want these ladies to feel empowered. Now, they do have an outpatient clinic um, where the once they're done with this program, they can go to the outpatient clinic. I do believe that males are allowed to do the outpatient clinic. So they, they provide help, but the inpatient is, is primarily for females. And uh, there was a quote um, when I was reading the information that she had, that Ms. Flores had given me, because we talked, we talked for a good while. And then I was reading, there was a real pretty quote um, that that was that they had that was on their their, their brochure because um, I always take brochures I always want information and uh, one was it, it it says is life offers no greatness but you have a better chance to reach your full potential and succeed in becoming what you want to be if you stay in school learn as much as you can and if you choose 
a healthy, drug-free lifestyle. So celebrate your potential. This particular quote was a quote that was uh, a statement made by Selena Quintanilla Perez, which is the facility which the facility is named after. So and it's true, you know, we are our own success story, but we have to make those choices. And one thing that I've learned over the course of the years is you can't make somebody who's addicted to drugs or addicted to alcohol, you can't force them to change. They have to want to make the change. And it's the same thing with domestic violence. The abuser, you can't make the abuser change, you know, to somebody who's not an abuser. It's going to be up to that person. You can't make a child be successful in school if they don't work at it. You can't make an individual a manager if they don't want to work to become that manager and choose. So everything that we do is about the choices of life. And right now, the choices that we're making, even through this pandemic. And uh, like I said, these are all things that we need in our community. We need to have individuals that are willing to step up to the plate and be that voice. Be the voice for our youth. Be the voice for our community because sometimes, you know, we don't know what to do. You know, the people who are sitting in office, sometimes we have to remind them like, hey, we don't work for you. You work for us. And this is what we need in our community. This is what we need for our schools. This is what we need for our children. And as I mentioned, in San Antonio, you have different you have different districts that are starting at different points. Uh, for instance, um, in Edgewood, Edgewood Independent School District, uh, they're starting school August 17th, and they're offering three different type of learning options. So, which is you know I guess it, it's met has met the guidelines from TEA. But they're giving them the choice of doing full remote, on-campus, or hybrid. Now, for Edgewood, the first four weeks of school, which which is between August 17th to September 11th, um, it's going to be their transition period. So these students, at this during this time, they are going to have to do remote learning. And then after that, which is the 14th, after Labor Day and all that, the students will... Um, will go to school and and do their education on however their, their parent or they chose what their commitment was, the commitment form that they signed, whether it was in school, you know, remote learning, whatever the case is. So you have different districts that are doing different things. Um, Northside, where, where my son goes, they're giving only two options. Um, I don't feel, I really don't feel safe, you know, with him going five days. I maybe would have felt okay with the hybrid because then it would have only been maybe two two or three days. Like Edgewood, their hybrid is three days on campus and two days out of the week in school. <clears throat> so it, they're, they're trying to meet the needs of a parent. This community has really worked hard to figure out something that's going to work and keep the kids safe because that's the number one thing that we're worried about is what's going to happen with our kids. And we need to figure that out. We need to understand not just what the government needs are, but those that are in office need to realize like what are the needs of the community. 
What does the community need to have a safe environment for our children during this pandemic? What are we gonna offer them if they become stressed? Because kids that are stressed don't necessarily always turn to an adult. Because we, sometimes as adults, we don't realize that our kids are under stress. We think it's because they go to school, they don't have any stress. I beg to differ. Today, with all the technology that we have, kids are more stressed. Because you can put something in there one day in social media and it's all over everywhere. And it gets changed. And you have people judging you. So it becomes stressful, right? Quick way to not to have to deal with that is don't put anything in social media. But these are kids. They don't always realize or understand that. Not even adults, you know. We realize what we put. But we need to understand what our needs are. Our, our politicians, our city council members, our school board members, they all need to realize what the potential is because it's not just kids that are at risk you're asking teachers to put their lives on the line as well and they have kids you know at, you know so we have to understand what these needs are what their needs it's not just let's send them to school let's do this what's going to happen you know are they going to turn to drugs whether are they going to be more apt to go drink alcohol what do we need to do in our community what our community needs, what needs to be here to help. Um, I can go on, you know, with this for a while. Um, I'm hoping that within the next few weeks, I will have a couple of individuals uh, come and talk on our pat- our podcast. Um, I do have Miss Gary Puente, who is the founder of Art Van Gogh. Um, she is a licensed counseling profess- uh, professional. And I'm hoping to have her on here so she can talk about what she does and also needs, children's needs, because she works primarily with children. Um, And then I am hoping to have, um, excuse me, uh, another individual um, who is part of the, who is part of the Bear County uh, judicial system. um, And that's Judge, Judge Rosie Speedlin Gonzalez. she is a judge in our district court here and she does a a lot of uh, she believes in a lot of community you know in helping community and you know providing oodles of information she supports a lot of stuff so I'm hoping to have her soon on there because I did reach out to her and she's one of the ones I really would love to have on there as well so we can talk about you know what she sees in our community because she sees different things that comes through her court system every day especially when it comes to domestic violence and like I said we are a, a drug and drug awareness and you know, drug and alcohol awareness <clears throat> program is our primary focus but if we can reach other individuals with other information Who am I to say, no, we're not going to do it. I'm all about education on every aspect. So I already have a couple of people that I'm lined up. Uh, I even have somebody who's willing to to talk about teaching financial skills to our young youth. Um, That is Miss Nora Mireles. So hopefully I can get her on. So over the next few weeks, you know, we will be doing this. And hopefully I'll be able to get it up and on Facebook Live as well. Uh, But... You know, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach me at jbautista, 
at cdp-sa.org. Um, let me know if you have any information or you need any information if you're in the San Antonio area or if you would like to be part of our podcast and maybe talk about your community and how drug and alcohol affects your community, your teens in this pandemic, you know, if there's any correlation to that. Um, I would like to thank everybody for joining in. Uh, we will have another podcast up and running next week. Uh, once again, this is Hestisa Bautista from SA Project Reach an organization committed to providing drug and alcohol awareness in our communities within San Antonio. Y'all have a great day.